0: we stopped we stopped last week with deuteronomy 22 verse 5 and which reads women must not wear men's clothes and men must not wear women's clothes everyone who does such things is detestable to the lord your god now we read this and we want to we want to apply it in our cultural context and we want to say things like see you can't be a cross dresser and things like that but um, The context of what Moses is talking about is he's talking about people dressing up as the opposite sex in in conjunction with worshiping these Canaanite fertility gods and goddesses. So that's what he's saying. So, uh, but I've been in churches, like I mentioned last week, where they they, they freeze frame this ideal time in American life, uh, like the 1940s or the 1950s, or leave it to beaver. Uh, The Andy Griffith show, that that, you know, this ideal time back then, which wasn't actually ideal, but it has this aura of wholesomeness. And they freeze it. And then they want to say, see, we need to, we need to look like that. So women all have to wear skirts. um, you know, uh, men have to have to men, men have to dress a certain way, women have to dress a certain way, and they try and apply it uh, culturally by freeze-framing some ideal point in the American past and saying, if we just do that then we're fulfilling what Deuteronomy 22.5 says. But that's not what Deuteronomy 22.5 is saying. Moses isn't saying that you need to look like the men and women from the Andy Griffiths. So he's saying, don't um, engage in these practices that are associated with worshiping pagan gods. So unless you're planning on worshiping, um, going home and cross-dressing in order to worship Baal or any of the other fertility goddesses, then I I don't think you're in danger of, of doing this. But that's we left it with a conversation of Ralph mentioned, you know, that different cultures dress in different ways. So how do you how do you know what to freeze frame? Like if you want to try and apply this in a derivative you know, sort of way, um, in the what, how do you know which which period in time to, to use as your benchmark? Because the Israelites didn't dress like we do. Um,
1: Whatever the, the guys of the
0: days are wearing, unless they're all cross dressers, then you dress like them. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. And Ralph Ralph and Char were talking last week about how um, there is their is your. I'll, I'll let Ralph's talk, but he, they have. I don't remember. It's Ralph's brother or Char's brother. Oh, my sister brother in law. Okay. I been we're missionaries for a long time. And when you're a missionary in a foreign land, you 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 know you have to think of these questions because you're dealing with cultures that aren't yours, where the, the assumed you know way it must be is totally different. So do you make them like Americans or do you try you know what are you supposed to do? And so Ralph had some you wanted did you have a story or two you wanted well, to share about what this what this looks like. I think
2: back when I was in grade school and they had
0: the James missionary Hawaii. All right, yeah. and
2: they saw the missionary come in there and the hawaiians were all dressed scantily for the weather and the missionaries came in there and told them shameful for them to dress that way so they changed the culture and so that's one of the biggest uh problems i hear from uh, unchurched people is that well you go in there and you change the culture and, and you hurt the people mm-hmm. you make them do what you think is right that was my first introduction to that then, when I went to New Guinea, uh, the people there at that time were starting to wear Western clothes. They thought that was really cool, and that's what they wanted to do. But when they first got there, they were wearing park and whatever they could make. There was no clothing store, no pennies. So they had to, that's the way they lived. And as time went on, as my brother-in-law and sister were there with their Western clothes. <clears throat> they began to see that and wanted they wanted to dress like that too. Mm-hmm. When we went there, we bought a whole lot of Western clothes, or T-shirts, and all kinds of clothing, about 80 pounds worth, so that they could pick through that. And then again, they don't just give it to them; they make them buy it. but uh, So it starts off this, this way. And when we were there, uh, the yeah. culture that came before us was Australian
0: culture. Oh, okay. So they
2: sort of set rules down that women had to wear long dresses or skirts. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we were there, sure I had to wear this long skirt and we're climbing all of this mountain in that. Uh, but you can tell you know, each culture comes in and tries to impose their culture on that culture. And anyway, so as far as this goes, if you're coming to that, it, they had to translate the Bible in there. Yeah. And, and so they have to bring some of the culture from Israel into their culture, somehow. I don't know how he did, but he had to do that. <clears throat> like a sheep, they didn't have a sheep.
0: <laughs> that's had, true, no sheep, yeah. The well, Lamb of God, well, what is that?
2: I, you know, I didn't even ask about that. <laughs> but anyway, that's the problem with, with <clears throat> cultures going into other cultures and trying yeah. to make them dress that way or talk a certain way or that type of thing.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> So I just, all I want to do is just help us to see that when we, I mean, this is a familiar, I don't know how familiar it is, but I mean, um, if you hear someone use a passage like this to say, um, women have to wear skirts, or some, or women always have to wear dresses, or, or some, something like that, and they say, see, Deuteronomy 22 uh, says that, just remember, Moses wasn't talking about the Andy Griffith show. So... He's talking about a problem, a big enough problem that he feels it necessary to mention it, but he's talking about a problem that was unique to, that was, you have to understand why he said it then before we can start to apply it now. He said it because they're worshiping out of their idols when they did that. Yeah, it was part of a, it was part of a, part of worshiping the Canaanite fertility gods. There was some weird cross-dressing thing going on. I don't know why, but the whole worship of the Canaanite fertility gods it was all sexual and twisted anyway so who knows what kind of weirdness is mixed up in there but there's there there there's statues and carvings of the fertility gods dressed in opposite opposite sex clothing and there's all sorts of weirdness going on so it's probably this 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 command is probably related to that so it's the same thing with that um the thing we saw earlier in Deuteronomy where it said uh, you, know, you can't make marks on your skin or cut yourself and people say see tattoos are evil like no they're talking about the ritualistic you know cutting yourself to right. like blood flow everywhere
1: and they would write symbolistic things and like it doesn't have to be tattoo ink. just in general you know ochre or whatever they would write uh, yeah different ritualistic uh, symbolisms on their bodies uh, as a form of worship to these
0: so it, it's you know it's um we need to be careful trying to like rip something out of Deuteronomy and make it uh, make it apply in a way that Moses would have no idea what you're talking about. So the tattoo thing is one example. This is another is another example. Um so if uh if you're a woman and you're not wearing a skirt life will go on and it's okay. So how about that? Um okay. Is
1: this where it tells us in the whole Bible that that it's oh no it says other parts of the Bible that uh, being with a woman or a man with a man and a woman with a woman, that's in, is yeah, that that's in spot?
0: Leviticus 18 and 19. That's not that's not good, yes. And so, I'm just
1: trying to think of all the spots in the Bible that talks about, um,
0: like dressing like a woman or a man. Uh, I think, uh, I think this is pro, I don't know, but I think this is probably the only spot that talks about it, but it's not talking about it for the reasons that we think. Um, so what does that mean? towards people
1: that cross dress these days it's not a big deal unless they're worshiping other gods
0: well i think i think that uh i think that you're supposed to reflect who god made you to be um so if you're a man and you're dressing like a woman uh obviously dressing like a woman then i I think there's a i think there's a problem because you're not reflecting who god made you to be in in in, in our culture we know what we know what a woman's supposed to dress like we know what a man's supposed to dress like we don't need to make rules, um, uh, but you can tell when a man is dressing is dressing right. like a woman and, and vice versa. So you you should live and reflect who God made you to be, which gets into the whole transgenderism.
1: That's uh, all and abominable in the eyes of the Lord, you know. So. Adam and Eve, not Adam. And Eve. Well, even among churches, there's, there's rules. I, I went to a church in Portland,
2: and they have this guest pastor stand up from Western Seminary. Oh. He's a teacher there, mm-hmm. professor. And he got up, and this is one of a fairly new Christian men have to wear suits and ties and shirts at the
0: church. Oh, yeah, they well, don't do that.
2: You know, it's evil. Right. Course, didn't have any
0: Did you know that they just un- they just uncovered uh, the suit the apostle Paul wore in Athens? They just uncovered it. Yeah. Just just last week. there was a big news story about so, it. Was it like a toga? <laughs> it was a, it was a three-piece suit. Yeah. He had a vest and a coat, and he had an Armani tie too. Not a one-piece moo? Oh, yeah. No, no. so, yeah. Yeah. That what you're saying, Rob. That's the exact same kind of thing. Um, yeah. That's that kind of thing is common. I don't know. If, it's common in some circles. Western isn't like that anymore. No, far, so
2: <clears throat> well, I was kind of shocked Because I, I, didn't have any money. I, I wore, yeah. I just wore whatever I can afford to wear. It wasn't bad. It was, he said, well, a suit and a tie and a shirt and all that. Right. He got in trouble for that uh, because a lot of young people couldn't dress like that. Yeah. So I don't think they asked him back. <laughs> so the Mormons have a certain ceremonial garments that they wear yeah,
0: they all do. the time. Well,
2: uh, doesn't some of that come from the parable where God wants people to come to a wedding ceremony? And- this person comes in not dressed in his his best and he's thrown
0: out. He comes in, he's not wearing a wedding garment, um, which means he's not part of the bride. He's not part of the the he's not part of the wedding party, which I think is talking about the robe of righteousness and salvation. There's a lot, listen, people, you're always gonna find people who wanna take something and twist it to fit what they want. You're going to take people who don't like tattoos, they're going to go to Deuteronomy and say, see, you can't do it. They're going to take, you're going to take people, you're going to have people who say (laughs) that if you're a Christian, you need to wear a suit and a tie, or a woman needs to wear an equivalent, uh, very formal dress, and they'll go to scripture, and they'll rip it out of context. It's what I talked about last week, of putting barriers in people's way that, that the Bible doesn't actually put. They might be Good ideas, that might be wholesome ideas, that might be a good idea. If you feel that your conscience won't allow you to come to church and worship unless you're dressed formally, then dress formally. There's no problem. Uh, But when you make it a a rule for Christian life, then you're going, then you're going too far. Because that's not a that's not a that's not a a checkpoint that God put in place. There's no checkpoint that says that. If you want to make it for yourself, because you just feel that way, that's different. That's fine. No problem, um, but that's the that's the great danger is we we like to make rules and then impose them on everybody else. It's the
2: same idea about it's the pulling a tree out of the woods and decorating it like a Christmas tree. People say the Christmas tree is symbolized there, but I think it's talking about taking a tree and making it into an idol. Uh, can't remember what it's probably in Deuteronomy. It's all gather around. <clears throat> same idea where. You know, comes to
0: your house and you because you have a Christmas tree you know? there are people that do that. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, yeah, we spent more time on this than uh, than I thought we would, but the point is is that I, I think the point we can take away from this is understand what in order to understand what a passage is saying, you need to try really hard to understand what it meant to the people it was first spoken to because what you think it means to you might not mean what. Moses meant when he said it. You need to figure out what it meant then and why it was said so that you can then try and apply it, apply it today. And study Bibles are helpful for that. Um, There are some books, commentaries that are helpful. A study Bible is probably the, for a normal Christian who doesn't like to buy commentaries, just less Christians don't. I can't, I don't know why not. That's a joke. But I mean, a study Bible is good. And a, a church with, with leaders and pastors who can um, explain things and direct you to resources to prove what they're saying isn't just made up stuff, um, <laughs> is, is a bunch of made-up stuff is, probably for Christians, a study Bible and a Bible dictionary are probably the two best tools you can own for just questions like, what is with this, uh, this, this dressing thing? You know, a uh, study Bible will help, a Bible dictionary will help. Those are the two best things you can probably get and then the resources, your church, your pastor, and some books or articles he can he can give you if you wanted to know. So there's that. You'll always find Christians who want to for not because they're evil, but for good reasons. You know, they have good motives, and they want to take a scripture, rip it out of context, and make it use it as like a uh, use it for whatever they want. Verses six and seven are strange, strange verses. But there's been a few ver- there's been a few passages like this, where God really shows a lot of just just totally out of the left field. You have this concern for what seems so insignificant and silly. We've seen God cares about the trees. He doesn't want you to cut down all the trees around a city if you're besieging yeah. it. He wants you to to leave some of them. And you're like, what her? Well, God made this world. He cares about it. So now we have this. Uh, Deuteronomy 22, verses six and seven. If you come across a bird's nest along your way, whether in a tree or on the ground with baby birds or eggs, and the mother is sitting on the baby birds or eggs, do not remove the mother from her young. You must let the mother go. Though you may take the young for yourself so that things go well for you. And so you can prolong your life. Why does he care about the mom? A bird, a mama bird and her chicks. Isn't that strange, though? Do you guys think it's strange to have that in
1: here? It, You know, yeah, it, it, it's like, what to the untrained <laughs> individual? You're going to look at that and be like, this guy was on peyote or something. You know, or something's up with him. You know, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, it's all... Uh, Whatever. Uh, all I know is that uh, there's it's very uh, well as we know, and or cutting down a tree don't cut down a tree if you're besieging a city especially if it wields or yields fruit or food because that that food belongs to man it says but he cares about all of his creation you know uh, it all plays a vital role into his
0: the bigger picture that we don't fully right? are you gonna say Tim well I
2: was just gonna say that the idea of that as the mother can go off and at- Reproduce
0: again that keeps the bird bird family going. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think what what Marshall said and what Tim said it, it's all true, and it it makes us see that God. You think God only cares about big things like us because we're important, right? We're made in His image. Birds aren't, nor are cats, even though I love cats. But God cares about God cares about the baby the the, the baby birds and wants the mom to be able to take care of it. Uh, if the birds are old enough and the little chicks are wandering around and then you can then you can um um you can take them but when they're little eggs you can't take them i mean it's just like so it's so strange but god cares he cares about all of his creation um in a really it's almost a touching sort of way i mean who among us would want to some people wouldn't care but i wouldn't be very comfortable seeing a mama bird and just Kicking the, kicking the mama out of there and stealing all the eggs or something, But I mean, uh, it's, uh, God cares about all of his creation, um, uh, which should make us think about how we take care, the, the politicians we elect and what they want to do to our, to God's creation too. We're supposed to be, we should have God, if we're going to be Christians and he's transforming our heart, our mind, our thoughts, we should want to take care of the create, we should have the same love for creation that God has. So. Um, of course, there of course there are limits, you know, and it's fun to make fun of the EPA and you know you can't build a factory because a spotted owl might be there and stuff like that. But still, I mean, um, there's extremes on both sides, but God does seem to care about the environment and even birds more than more than a lot of us do. So it makes you raise your eyebrows a lot. What have you done to her, Lucas? What are you going to say to uh, Ralph?
2: Oh, I mean, well, the Bible has a lot of things about uh, birds in the scripture. In uh, Matthew, about how God takes care of uh, even the birds. Oh yeah. Uh, other, the birds are nesting in the trees. Uh, as you read through scripture, you just see him using words a lot, and how. That he takes care mm-hmm.
1: And he's really gonna take care of them in the great day of the feast <laughs> that feast on the flesh of mankind in the end. Yeah, you know, Armageddon. Armageddon. Oh yeah. The birds will gather for the feast. So yeah, there, there's
0: that. Now we come to um okay, so we come to verse eight. This is just we're in we're in sort of a we're almost in sort of a grab bag section where just a lot of miscellaneous stuff uh, put there. Whenever you build a new house, you must build a railing for the roof so that you don't end up with innocent blood on your hands because someone fell off of it. So it might seem, well, this is stupid, but it still works today. It still works. It still mm-hmm. works today. The I was stationed, my last duty station, I was stationed at a Navy hospital. It merged with a Veterans Affairs hospital that was right next door. And they built this brand new um, huge wing uh, to the, the Veterans Affairs Hospital. And they um, is a is three-story. And of course there was railings and stuff, but they um they they didn't build the railings very high. They were just a normal, like, I don't know, four feet, three and a half feet, just a little like your hip thing. And as soon as they opened it, there was worries about how someone's gonna try and commit suicide by jumping off of it. It was open three months and someone went to the third floor and jumped off and splat into the atrium three stories below and killed himself so then they built higher railings um the point is is that this is just simple prudence um you want to protect life so when you build a house put a railing around the top of it so someone doesn't accidentally fall off when they're playing football on the common sense. or whatever but it's be- not common that's the thing it's not common sense that's why build. that's why building codes exist because people are going to be cheap and they're going to cut corners um and their common sense isn't very common well common sense is common but you lose sight of that when you're just when it's not your stuff you cut corners and take shortcuts and stuff like that so god's concern this isn't meant to be some silly thing god's concern for life extends even to precautions we should reasonably take to prevent people from getting hurt or dying Uh, on our property, for example. That's how much his concern is for for his people and for their life. Uh, Let's see, I'm going to go down to verse 11. Uh, Verse 11 is really, really common. Don't wear clothes that mix wool and linen together. Um, When there's a lot of uh, arguments that circulate on the internet, and when you, if you go to the internet and you search for arguments or, or about against Christianity or how Christians are hypocrites or something like that, a common, a common thing that floats around is how Christians pick and choose what laws they want to follow. They care all, they care so much about sex, but they don't care about not mixing fabrics and stuff like that. So, um, a lot of this is just gotcha stuff. Yes, the Bible software is open. A lot of these are just—they're um, meant to be—they're meant to be, they're meant to be um, arguments that are going for a cheap effect, and they're not really trying to understand the context of what's happening or why. But why on earth do you think God cares about this? And if you have a polyester blend on right now, are you in sin? I don't know. How this might be actually. Yeah,
2: it's something to do with it. One shrinks, one doesn't. <clears throat> I don't
0: know. What do, you guys, what do you guys think? Well, I what,
2: think it
1: represents the commingling of fallen angels and mankind, the wheat and the tares. You know, if you don't combine the genetics of angelic entities. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm going with it. You know, wheats and the tares. Uh, I, like Goliath, you know, he would be considered.
0: Well, the wheats and the tares is a parable Jesus told just to illustrate that they're in this world. There are Christians and non-Christians. They exist together sometimes in really close proximity, and, but that one day it'll all be it'll all be sorted. Right, right. So here we have this two this two fabric thing, which is kind of strange. Um, um, one passage that uh, that helps make sense of it maybe is Leviticus nineteen nineteen, which I'll read, which says uh, blah blah blah. Um, Well, it says the same sort of thing, actually. You must keep my rules. Do not crossbreed your livestock. Don't plant your field with two kinds of seed. And don't wear clothes made from two kinds of material. And this whole section in Leviticus 19 is about what it means to live, what it means to live as holy people. So I think, you know, I'm sure I could dig and find articles that discuss this in insane detail. I just really don't want to. Uh, But um, I, my best guess is that for some reason, then um, it was important to God that His people reflect His holiness, and for some reason that I don't quite understand, wearing uh, wearing clothing with mixed kinds of fabrics somehow made this reflection of holiness messed up. It messed it up in some way. I don't know how. I just I just don't know um I don't think it's worth losing any sleep over but I just don't know I just know that for some reason this command to not wear clothing with different kinds of fabrics was tied to the idea that you need to reflect God's holiness is that still in effect today no I don't believe so because all of those laws are all of those laws are gone. All of the ceremonial laws with the, the sacrifices and the rituals uh, that picture Christ, all of those are abolished. Um, all the laws about how to live in society as people, they're sort of um, taken over and removed from that context with a king ruling over the people and, and everything else with priests and a temple. It's sort of been moved away to the new covenant and the laws about right and wrong and good and evil, those are always in effect. They like transcend whenever. So I I don't believe that you need to worry if you're wearing a polyester cotton blend shirt right now. Um, But for some reason back then it was an issue. Um, And I confess, I just, I don't understand. I could find out, I just didn't have time to find out. But if it is important to anyone, I will find out and I'll talk more intelligently about it next time. But does anyone have any thoughts about this? Does anyone study Bible, have any keen insight that they want to share? That's right. What what does John MacArthur say? (laughs) Alec, do you have any amazing thoughts on why God didn't want people in the Old Covenant to wear clothing with different kinds of fabric? Two different kinds of thread wear unevenly and wash differently combining them reduces the
1: life of the garment don't think of god's as arbitrary restrictions but look for the reasons behind I oh, just common sense back there <clears throat> so don't you know mix old wine skins with new wineskins.
0: so names. so Ra- ralph you must have heard that from a from a pastor or Reddit somewhere because that's a you you said exactly what samuel just said from his study note about how different fabrics wear differently and it'll destroy your clothing
2: it's kind of like the the wine skin. It in, yes, so
0: yeah. wine skin, Same
2: idea. One I mean, is already shrunk. Once expanded, it burst if you put mix the two together. I mean, I'm assuming that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not the same thing with material. One shrinks, one doesn't. You can ruin the the product, but have, I don't know how it applies to us spiritually? Yeah,
0: that's that, that that's that's a that's a wild guess. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that the only, that's a guess because it doesn't say that. I mean, it makes sense, I suppose. Um, The only thing that we can get from this is that when the same command is given in Leviticus, it's given in in a long string of commands about what it means to be holy. How do we stay holy? How do we live as holy people reflecting God's holiness? And that command is in that list. So it could be that God wanted to make sure your clothes lasted a long time. Um, maybe. It could, I think the safer way is just to say it had something to do with how had something to do with your reflection of of God and his holiness in a way that we don't understand today because we don't live in that culture. Well, God wanted them to be one people before him and he didn't yeah. want them to interbreed with the world. Uh-huh. I think that's a, I think it's probably the best that can be said. I think that's actually pretty good. I mean, we don't know. We just know it has something to do with holiness. And what, what about mixing fabrics? What does that have to do with holiness? What Tim said is that uh, um, it could like in an analogous way mean something like, "Where God's people are supposed to stay holy and pure and separated from pagan influences and the mixing of fabrics and the clothes gets to the idea that. It's sort of like an analogy, sort of like a metaphor. It's like a it's like a lived out parable sort of thing. I think it's probably the best that can be said,
2: you know. And that was for Israel, so Israel would be pure. Yeah. And light to the nations. Yeah. Appear before God.
0: And also, I, I don't. God just wanted His people to be different. In a lot of ways, and that was one of the ways. There, 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 there's supposed to be something distinct and different about God's people—the way they think, the way they act, the way they live—and um, this was just one of those things. Um, so I think what Tim said is right. I also think that perhaps God just simply wants His people to be different and set apart in some easily discernible uh, way, um, just to make a statement. So. So there's that. Um, then we get to, I don't know if I want to do this right now. Then we get to all this stuff about um, sexual ethics, which I'm really not, I really wanted to just save, so to speak, for next time. I think, yeah, I think I will save it because I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, ready. I'm not as, uh, I am ready. I just don't really, I just don't really want to talk about. Claims of infidelity and adultery and proof of a, of a, of a young bride's virginity right now. It's okay. fascinating <laughs> as those topics are. The most fascinating topic is when we get to chapter 23, verse 1, though. I've been waiting for oh, that. Yeah.
2: One.
0: Now, that's a real fascinating topic that, uh, that uh, I'm sure everyone's really looking forward to. If you haven't read Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, you should read it. Then you can be uh, anticipating this wonderful Sunday school lesson as well. Okay. Well let's pray and uh, I'll see if uh, see if Haley needs anything and see if there's anything else we can do before uh, before the service starts I still haven't quite figured out uh, I'm trying to figure out what on earth we can do to to help her but she's not quite sure everything she needs right now so we'll pray I'll pray for her again and uh, we'll just stop 10 minutes uh, 10 minutes early as I try and uh, figure all this fun stuff out so uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you can please help us to view your Word in Deuteronomy not as a not as a list of old and tired commandments that don't have anything to do with us anymore, but help them help us view them as it really is, as David viewed it, as the Psalmist in Psalm one nineteen viewed it. Help us to view your Word as a repository, as a transmitter um, to from you to us of your heart your heart for the environment, your heart for us, your heart for how we're supposed to live, your heart for how we're supposed to treat other people. Give us wisdom to set aside uh, the cultural dress these commands are put in and to apply them in a a wise and logical and and rational way today in 2022. Help us to see your heart in these commands so we can be people who better reflect your son's image. In Jesus' name we pray. amen. Amen.